0: Thank you. I look like a fancy boy in these clothes? You're dang right I do, and I don't know how to dress myself. This is all thanks to our sponsor, Stitch Fix. They've reimagined how to find and buy clothes, and you never have to leave the house. You can play Friday the 13th all day long and let them do the work for you. It's that easy. Just go to stitchfix.com and tell them your sizes, your favorite type of clothes, and how much you want to spend. Your personal stylist then gets all to work, and she's in there doing hard stuff. do 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 And he's picking up stuff, and he's putting on pictures of I don't know how he or she does it when they get it, but they pick clothes for you. Five items are then delivered right to your door. You try them on at home and you only pay for what you keep. Shipping free both ways, so anything you don't want, you just send back. And exchanges are always free too. You can get your fix monthly, quarterly, or whenever you feel like it. There's no subscription required. It's easy. The shipping is free. Why not give them a try? I promise, you'll be hooked. Look how good I look. Get started now. Why, actually, look how good I look if you're on YouTube. If you're an ad person. Just take. If I mean, if you're a person on the MP3, take my word for it. I look really good. Get started now at stitchfix.com/greggy, and you'll also get 25% off when you keep all five five items in your box. That's stitchfix.com/greggy to get started today. Stitchfix.com/greggy looks so good. Gia will leave Tim for you. That's my goal.
1: Let's grab onto it and hold on to that energy.
0: And What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer in a two-tone shirt that I can't get over. Nick Scarpino. Oh, I did not nice, even
2: notice the second tone. I appreciate that. I Andy, yeah. that's damn. Little, Andy
0: and I talked old. about it today. That oh, yeah. it's very Andy was saying it's very Bruce Wayne esque. He could see he yeah, could yeah, see Bruce can
3: Wayne see in this kind of shirt. I'll I'll it. It. A ninja out there. He said that the the, the back of it's normal t shirt, but the front of it may be a carbon fiber mesh. Yeah. Like Is it the mesh?
2: Yeah, it's just no. So the back in this, oh,
3: the back of the, the sleeves—it's like a sure. nice
1: little wrapper. Yeah, it's just this front. It's just this Ooh. front. Style. A
3: little, little texture. You know, I'm going up on stage tonight at a uh, probably another coffee shop. If, so if I gotta CW
1: look network up. ever made a Batman show, he would mm-hmm. wear that yep. shirt. Yeah, would because they'd be like, yeah, right. And he and he developed this special material that's that's not cotton. Bulletproof though. and it like yeah and yeah. like he lets him dodge yeah. bullets and like turns him into yeah
3: the black ranger. Would Here's my too. question for you guys. You guys are all professionals in your own right. Some of us more than others. I mean, I'm not um, really
1: professional in any right. But
3: why did That's can can, can the armor stop a bullet but not a knife? You answer me that question, sir, and I'll tell you the biggest what? flaw with the Dark Knight, well, the, right there. Well, with Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Remember, he's like it's 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 the armor is made in plates, right? So it's good for bullets, but it can't stop a direct. He night. was talking about the mesh in between the plates. But was, why would not the they mesh. make that bulletproof too? Because then he couldn't move. Low. He'd be back
0: to
1: the yeah, whole stiff uh, Batman thing. They explained it. They yeah. actually explained. This is that. actually explained have in you, the. Have line. you seen, have I'm you seen that a movie called RoboCop?
3: Yes, I have seen Robocop, sir. Great. Have really? you seen
1: how Robocop moves? <laughs> Done!
3: Right. Right? Shooting dicks off? Shooting
1: dicks off. There's oh, a part right. where he shot Right, a and that, the was dick. In, that was in the Game Boy game also. And as a kid. Was it really? Was that it was really? It I was really? Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out as a kid. I was like, oh, well, I don't know what the fuck to do. And I couldn't get past the, the sec. Because the first level was like, you walk by and you like shop. You're like, do, 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 do. And then the second level, you have to shoot the guy in the balls. And I didn't know that because I was like, "What the fuck? How do how do I rescue this lady?" Uh, Because it it becomes a Game Boy becomes becomes a fucking POV style first person shooter, and you have to like aim the targets. And I couldn't figure it out. Then I watched the movie, and I was like, like, "Oh my god, that's what i was supposed to do!" What an
0: accurate take. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know what I mean like yeah, the most totally. accurate video you game adaptation you liberties
3: with that shoot him in the head maybe because it's over here we're No, to him
0: we all t- uh, pure one at Tim Geddes as we all know when you play a video game based on a movie you just want to have the exact same experience as the movie exactly. absolutely that's, you know, so many absolutely. people do this they try to expand it like, no back in the day this is all we wanted mm. and yeah. ladies and gentlemen joining us for the first time ever Addy Shankar yeah star of Hollywood
1: Star of Hollywood. That's of you. Hollywood. What that's wow. what they're calling you these you, days. Yeah,
0: before we went live, we determined you are now if people don't know your work, you are like a big fat guy with a gold chain and a cigar so saying I'm going to oh make my you God. kid. I right. made you kid, no. You're, you're, you're going to be a star now. Yeah. You did the big thing here yeah. cuz you're you a, you're a big time Hollywood couch. producer. That's what you do. That's what you that's, well, what, that's what they call yeah. you. You made I the guess. show, you made the, you made Castlevania happen? Well,
1: that was uh, it was a dream come true, man.
0: You made Dread happen? All by yourself, nobody and, else, and no the, help, uh, nobody else. No, and then you made the, James yeah. Vanderbeek happen. This guy, <laughs> no, nobody Vanderbeek had heard did of him. happen, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. the yeah. most important thing. The sure. Power
2: Power Slash Rangers was you. It's all you. That was
1: crazy. It was yeah. That was just a crazy moment in my life.
0: The YouTube videos.
1: <clears throat> uh, well, Power Slash Rangers, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I was literally like quitting. I, I, I was. I was done, right? I was out. I was like, fuck this place, fuck this town, fuck Hollywood? this industry. Yeah, okay. it's just it's just nonsense. And I wanted to quit. So I shut everything down. Um, I had like a, like a small company. I shut that down as well. I was getting ready to go to graduate school. For what? I wasn't sure. Um, okay. I didn't know if I wanted to enter politics, or if it was going to be business or law. I was like, look, I want to try other things because... I, I I never had a consistent home, right? Every two and a half years, my family was relocating to to a different country with a different culture, a different society altogether. So Greg, I spent my whole life without having this sense of home. And then all of a sudden I woke up and I'd lived in in Hollywood for years. I'd been in the movie industry and this was my home. This was the only consistent home I'd had. And I wanted to, uh, and I wanted to, to all of a sudden expand my horizons because I felt claustrophobic. It felt claustrophobic to me, and I made a list of three things that I wanted to do before I split. Uh, number one was like, you know, I, I've had this crazy idea since I was seven for for uh, for Power Rangers, and this is this wasn't an idea as much as it as it was how I saw. The show as a seven-year-old, right? Because no in my shit, mind really. it was dark. Yeah, it was dark. Because I wanted to be these guys, and I was like, man, you, but but they, they, they're they're how do they get time to do their homework?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It was
1: little mm-hmm. things like that that I was that, you know. Um, so uh, getting to not only make that but release it and having having the world react to it in, in the way that they did, it was it was an eye-opening experience for me, you know. And it's kind of. Uh, led to to the this this new offshoot of my career that i'm currently in the, what i'm currently uh experiencing right now uh you know it it directly led to to uh the the opportunities that have come since then like, yeah like castlevania yeah which is great by the way thank you that's my man right I'm there you so things.
3: no I, it was for me that was a meme no moment. he had he, he clearly had plenty to go around and i took some sir because he offered
0: i did offer Eddie... What's the nutshell pitch for you? Someone's listening to the show right now and doesn't know who you are. And now they go, he was involved with Castlevania, he's involved with Dredge, he's involved with this uh, Power Rangers thing they're talking about from YouTube. How do you describe yourself? Because I gave you a joking intro and we were talking about shooting dicks off, and then we got into the, the weeds right away, which I like. This is a great show already.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know it's, how I do de- Because you're a pro-
0: producer, right? Your are Hollywood producer, which again, cigar, chain, mm-hmm. you're going to make it in this town. I, mm-hmm.
1: I have no, I honestly, Greg, I have no idea. Yeah? I have no idea. I sit down in meetings with people with, with uh, like when studios call me in. Sure. And I've, I've started doing this. I go, I go, I have a question for you. And I'm like, please don't read into this the wrong way. It's just an honest question. How do you see me?
0: Into their, you can just see the gears in their brain break, oh, and they no, <laughs> no, and they, they, they're like, they're about, like, that's a out.
1: that's a great question. They're, they'll always say that's a great question, and then they'll start, and, and it's never one word, right? Yeah. Um. Um. The the only time someone's actually given me a one word response was, um, great guy, Caleb Worthy. He's uh he's the he's the lead in, embodied, which is mm-hmm. uh. Uh, a, a rap battle satire social satire that I produced um, with Eminem. Actually, um, uh, it, it's a wonderful film. I'm super proud of it. Joseph Kahn, who I collaborated with on Power Slash Rangers, yeah. directed it. Um, Same dude that directed all the
2: Taylor Swift videos, right? Um, and the Thong Song video. It,
1: it won the audience audience award at uh, at at both Toronto, the Toronto International Film Festival, and at Fantastic Fest. Um, critics are loving it it's just i'm i am could not be happier for joseph um calum worthy he's he's the he's one of the leads in that film he's also if you saw american vandal on netflix big fans Love that show. He's the dude with the braces. No, no fucking way. way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that man. is awesome. Caleb's great. Caleb is—he's a this kid is a—he's <laughs> a star. He's a star in the making. <laughs> I'm <it's, it's>, <laughs> gonna make him a star. He's already a star. He's—he's a, he's a Disney Channel. He's a Disney Channel uh, uh, actor. He was is on this a show called a- Austin and Ally. Um, I actually I, this met is him tra- because I—I I was acting in a Disney Channel movie.
2: So you realize that you're just living my dream life, right? Really? You're, oh, yeah. I mean, what you just said about Power Rangers, that is how I saw Power Slash Rangers, totally, where I'm like, that's what I remember watching Power Rangers and feeling like this is what it was to me. And I we talked since I first met this dude, I was, student, I say. was like... I want to make a dark, gritty Power Rangers thing. You,
0: it was one of those things that was, it was great. Obviously, when it happened, Tim was excited, but there was also a part of him that was broken because yeah. he had talked about forever. What, you always want to do an IG and April Fool's Day video, right? right. That was going to be the dark Power Rangers. But
2: the thing is, like, what you did was so special and it, it just succeeded on all fronts of what Power Rangers means to me and what it can can be and including, like, the Zeo references and stuff. This wasn't just some cash grab, like, oh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's it, what you know about oh, no, it. Like, it. You're was a fucking a, fan.
1: It was a a, a laser-precise video made for people who loved the first and second season as much as I did. I used to go to, to to swimming practice and lie to all the kids and tell them I was best friends with Jason just to be cool. Tim still says that to a lot of people. Right? be Like, yeah, I know, me That's and Jason were fault. hanging out. Yeah, yeah, he uh, taught me some karate moves. Some sweet karate moves.
3: Karate. Oh, at the, end and the kids were like, short of sort of blown soon. away,
1: and then they were like, "No, he doesn't really know so, Jason."
3: So wait, dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. Walk me through the the, the, the process of that, this.
1: That joke just totally didn't land. It wasn't really a joke. It was a true story, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> "Man, I like lied to a bunch." I started lying at a young. It's
3: okay, we have all lied to young kids in our in our, in our time. I, I do it literally every together. weekend in the van. Yeah, a yeah, by day.
1: Day. But I, no sorry. <laughs> sorry, I. I, I you, you were saying. Oh no! So, back. so this yeah. is what I, this is
3: my question to you. So, we, you know, when we were at IGM we wanted to do something fun like this, but but we obviously never got the opportunity to do it. So, you go, okay, I have this idea of I want to do kind of a, a different take on Power Rangers. How I see it, then what happens? Do you call Joseph Kahn and go, hey, somebody go rob a bank? Let's get some money together because the production values on that were not insignificant. Like it was a really well made project,
1: and that's that's all because of Joseph. I mean, it's Joseph's. Was he
3: your first call for that or who who was the first call when you were like let's get this going or was it just kind of a
1: Yeah, it was Joseph. I I literally, you know, uh he had made this this brilliant film uh called Detention. Mhm. And he'd given me the DVD, the, the 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 Blu-ray. And uh we literally met like a week before this for the first time. Uh and he'd given me a Blu-ray and he's like uh and, he's like, and I called him up and said, like, Joe, you want to, let, let's, let's hang out. So he came over to my place and he's like, hey, did you watch Detention? I'm like, yeah. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I hadn't watched it. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, why did you say yeah? you like, ah, like. like could you just said no? Uh, as long as you have no follow-up right questions, yes, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, so uh, uh, let me break it down for you. And I'm like, okay. And then I realized I didn't have a Blu-ray player. So I was like, and he'd given me the Blu-ray. It was this whole production.
0: You really don't like technology. Yeah, I really don't. I'm a, I'm
1: a, I'm a technology fuck. So we end up downloading it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And he starts breaking down, shot by shot, how he did every visual effect, every camera move. Like, you know, he, he was like, and, and I realized the, 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 the level of sophistication in his filmmaking. Right. This is an art. I'm not talking about production. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the the, the way he was moving the camera, the way he Mm -hmm. designed the sets, the way he he was blocking scenes. I mean, this is Steven Spielberg level uh, uh, of craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. And I said, Joseph, you should be doing massive blockbusters. Right, because it's it's that language, it's that language of communication. Because it's it's not just about explosions and and uh, and and cool car chases. Filmmaking there's there's a language behind it. It's a it's it's a way to communicate to to a lot of people through through these images spliced together. Right. Let me let me give you an example of, of the power of filmmaking. Um, do you guys all remember the the uh, Star Wars? Right. I've heard okay. of them. Uh, do you all remember the scene with Darth Vader and, and Luke Skywalker where they're fighting you mm-hmm. know, at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when I say lightsaber battle between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, you have a clear image in your head of that shot? hmm Right? hmm Now, are any of you seeing that image through either a theater screen or a TV screen or are you in the frame?
3: Mm. In the frame. yeah.
1: In the frame, right? Because that's the magic trick of movies. It's like you're actually there. Your brain is registering that as an actual memory. You're breaking my brain right now. This is awesome. Right? Yeah. So filmmaking is a language of communication in the kale- in the kaleidoscope of sounds and images that make you, you. There are fake memories that have been incepted in your mind through this language called filmmaking.
0: Yeah, that checks out. That's true. That checks out. That checks out. (laughs) So,
1: so, Greg, that's why uh, filmmaking has been such a a powerful propaganda tool since its inception. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, um, the first thing dictators do is they go out and they say, all right, let's round up all the top artists – and hire them because they can communicate with the people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Joseph, he doesn't realize this, right? Because he's just a guy out there creating. I was like Joseph, you are that guy uh, hundreds of years ago writing the ri- writing the book and handing it out to the people, and they start reading it, and being like, "Oh, what do you?" This guy's crazy, but what he sings, it's it's true, it right? Out. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you amass the following: you're that guy. You're just a modern day version of that guy. Yeah. Uh, so I w- literally derailed your question. No, no, no. It's, this is all. We're this right. is how the, com- Wait, the is podcasting this, goes. Is this, how, is this how podcasting goes? This is no, this is it. yeah. an ongoing yeah. conversation. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a great thing. But so
3: was it at that night, that night, that we were like, hey, I got this awesome idea for this Power Rangers short, you should go shoot it? Or uh, No, that- I,
1: I sent him a script. I was like, yeah, I have a thing, here's the script. Here's right. the- did you tell him
3: I'm doing
0: this before I
1: leave? I'm blowing town, going
0: to go be a grad
1: student. This is I'm my,
2: go my go final thing. Well, you also, you have the, the bootleg universe going already at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely.
1: At this point, uh, uh, Thomas Jane, Phil Juano, Ron Perlman, and myself, had, right. uh, had we'd done Dirty Laundry. That was uh, really good. That was the
3: Punisher short. The Punisher, yeah. the Punisher
1: one, which kicked off the whole thing. Uh, 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 Joe Lynch and I, uh, did, uh, the, the Venom one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a Judge Dredd one. I also had a James Bond one. James Bond one was awesome. It's like, it's the dark Knight night. Yeah, it's dark Knight returns, right, but for James, James
2: Bond. Bond, it's fucking cool.
1: You know, and, and I, and I viewed them, but I viewed the James Bond short, which basically takes the, for those of you who don't know, uh, it is effectively a deconstruction of this idea of this, this international hero who is effectively a a licensed serial killer, right? And I was trying to explore the idea with the James Bond short. What would happen once this guy gets older, once you take away his license to kill, once you say, all right, buddy, Mm. here's a desk job. You did did great. Here's a desk job. Like, does that guy just literally disappear into the night? Or do we still have a serial killer on the loose, right? And this is... uh, this is an issue that we're dealing with more and more and more and more with the privatization of military, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of these guys, they go out and they fight they, f- they fight in these wars and they come home. And then they're like, well, there is no job market. There is no work for me. I know how to go fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go join this private military group.
0: Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Metal machines. Yeah.
1: I mean, Kojima. Kojima was, you know, he he foresaw this. Kojima's another one of these uh, these Joseph Kahn types who's really just tapped into the pulse of of, of what's going on. Sure, right. And earlier, you Blade Runner. You, well, you, Blade Runner, but you also made the point about Power Rangers. Like that's how you also saw the show, right? And that's the beauty of of our our generation. Right. We were we were influenced by all these different different things. It was it was these marketing, it was these companies trying to market products products to us. They were trying to sell us toys, whether it was Transformers, G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe, Ninja He Turtles. Man, Ninja Turtles. But our imaginations, our, the, the, the 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 children's imagination basically created these different scenarios around these things, right? Because I loved He Man as a kid. Yeah. I went back and rewatched some of those episodes and I'm like, "Awful! what did I like about yeah. this? This yeah. yeah. I mean, Power Rangers
2: are the same way. Right. You absolutely. go back and it's just the same episode over and over and over and over. And it's like the, oh, the villains putties, are horrible. But everything I, about it's bad. But absolutely. then you as a kid grew this this world absolutely. and characters. The and universe. Then jumping into it once as you grow, I feel like you add so much to that and just keeps going. That's when you end up with this. They were child soldiers. Right, like when you think about it that way, mm-hmm. it's like that's such it's like Ender's Game shit.
1: It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and and I can say that about a lot of the things we all loved growing up as a kid, and that was that was a lot of the spirit of Castlevania as well, right? Because when you look at Castlevania three, there's a blueprint of a story. There is a blueprint. There is a blueprint of a story. The game, the actual game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, you know, when we had like. Um. Basically, text telling you the backstory, and yeah. you had the instruction. You read, you manual. You look at the instruction manual; and and the has three paragraphs.
0: On the car ride home, you read the instruction manual cover to cover. They gave you backstories on all these little characters, and then it, when you played, you had it and you played with absolutely. it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. and, and Greg, what it was doing it it was activating a part of your imagination of all of our imaginations. It was tapping into this and allowing us to 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 uh develop more than what was on the screen with our minds 100 percent. to make right. more of it right that that's right. always
0: my concern as games get more and more real right in the way that someone at, at my you know when if it's six seven eight whatever as a young person now playing a game they're not being forced in tax to play their memory because it always was that thing right of nes to snes oh my god these graphics are amazing i can't it look so real and then n64 and then to where we are now where it literally does look real but like back then it was like oh Ghost, this Ghostbusters game looks so much better than but, others but it I will
1: also say you know there, there's also and you're absolutely right Greg I mean it's it's like there, there's a fear with anything that you know like, like, like what happened to Hollywood right mm-hmm. it was franchises franchises known IP known intellectual property um, this thing works this is the product this is the blueprint don't break it, 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 it don't you know don't deviate from it it's not broken mm-hmm. until you end up in 2017, where there's a bunch of movies coming out, and they're not fucking working because everyone's seen them before.
3: The fear five. is
1: the fear is that the same thing would happen to the video game industry, right? All of a sudden, it becomes all AAA A titles, it becomes blockbuster titles, and you're either launching a new franchise, and it's working, and there's going to be part five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. or you're launching a new would-be franchise, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't take off. But the, but the but the beauty of all of this is the cost of making all of these products not just video games but also film and television has has dropped to a price point where it can be done on an independent level mm-hmm. off the grid away from the machinery that controlled the 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 the, the, the tools of this language of these communication uh, devices. Mm-hmm. And they can be used to make product at an independent level that is cutting edge. Yeah, it's on par right. with what you would see come from right. a studio, right? So, so you know, everyone... The, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, is you know, when are we going to see the next Sex, Lies, in Videotapes? When are we going to see the next Pulp Fiction or the Reservoir Dogs or the Snatch or Lockstock? And, and most of... My, my colleagues who, who, work in, who work in film and television, they hate it when I say this, but I'm like, guys, that moment's gonna come again because it always comes, right? Mm-hmm. Each, each generation clings on to something and goes, no, 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 this is it. Everything else right. before, that's bullshit. This is real, it's authentic, it's raw, right? Every generation has their, their own version of that. But I believe, I believe that, that the next version of this is going to be in the video game space, in the independent video game space. The next mm. reservoir dogs, the next pulp fiction is going to come from video games.
0: And what do you think that does to movies and television? How do they react to that?
1: You know, that's an interesting, interesting question. How do they react to it, right? Because I think they're already reacting to it, mm. right? I mean, when we were growing up, You know what? I can give you a personal example. Personal example of this. When we were growing up, you know, you had all we had was like the console at home and the movie theater and what was on television, right? These are literally three outlets by which we can be communicated to, right? This is there's 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 three outlets for which we can consume the shit that we love. Mm -hmm. Three. And of that, the film, the movie theater was this temple. And why was it this temple, right? It's, it's, was this temple because that was the one place you could go and you could see effectively art with no boundaries without commercials, mm. right? Cause you watched, uh, if you watched Friends on television, you know, Ross wasn't gonna like blow his head off.
3: That would have been an amazing episode. It would have been an amazing episode. But the thing is, uh, that was today in a happen. very can, special episode I can of Friends. Couch, <laughs> by the way, that never happens in Frasier because I have watched all seasons of Frasier. He never blows his head off in that. And
1: and I don't, and I don't mean blow his head off just for shock value, sure. right? But it wasn't the point. Being Friends was never going to deviate from the script because of commercials, right? They're sell. They, ultimately, these television shows existed to sell blocks of advertising. Things never changed after the Colgate Hour. Right? The Colgate hour being this hour of hour blocks of television that were sponsored by various brands. Mm-hmm. Television was that. The movie theater was where you went and it was a dark place. It wasn't necessarily safe because sometimes you'd be exposed to scenes and and points of view that maybe were outside of your frame of reference, so to speak. And what has happened slowly over the past 10 years is the movie theater has become a giant commercial cinema film is a giant commercial but what they're selling you is the next version of that intellectual property Mm. iron man 2 exists to sell you avengers avengers exists to sell you these ant-man and spider-man etc 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 right um television has is still the commercial model it's still it still exists to sell you commercials but there's this advent of this new platform streaming technology sure the digital era the digital era right where effectively You know, it, it, it's, it's this disruptive force. But it's not just a disruptive force because, oh, you can put anything on, on, on Netflix. And, oh, we can binge. It's not just the binge watching. It's not just any. It, it, it's all of that. It's, it's all that. It's the, it's the, it's the ability to binge. On demand. Watch it whenever the fuck you want. Uh, but the real key here, the real key to the future of um, streaming technology is the biggest flaw in entertainment since its inception has been it costs way too much money to identify a potential customer to a product. Mm. Right? That is the fa- That is the problem because they'll spend 200 making the film and they'll have to spend 200 marketing the film. Then there's the Jason Blum who's like a you know he's a brilliant businessman he's a Blumhouse, Blumhouse a, yeah. you know if you watch horror movies they've made they make eighty five percent of them um, he perfected the model of okay, we're gonna make insidious for three and we're gonna spend thirty marketing it so they're literally spending more money trying to sell you the product to get you to watch the thing than they are in actually making the product right so now, that's just a reality of the of the time we live in. But what digital technology is slowly doing is it's reducing the cost of identifying, of matching a product or a piece of content, however you want to call it, or a piece of art, with the consumer base that would watch it. Is that because, do you think of... All consumers
0: in some way now as advertisers in the digital age, right? Like if I see something, if I see one of your videos and I like it, right, right? I go share it and I'm sharing. And I mean like me as Greg Miller with a Twitter following. I mean me as a normal right, Twitter right, right, person. Right. I share it with an audience that's following me because they're like-minded and then they share it. And like we're all out there sharing things together in these communities that can actually talk
1: for a change. Absolutely. You're sharing things. But also uh, your, your site psych, it's psychographics, your 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 profile on like what what you watch, what sure. you buy, mm-hmm. where you buy things, your uh, what timing you're you're online. It's all all your all of our accounts are slowly getting interlinked, right? Like uh, most people uh, make most of their purchases through credit cards, which are again also interlinked. Mm-hmm. So it's happening now, and pretty soon even though when I say pretty soon, it's literally happening as we speak. (laughs) Um, The the streaming company is going to know hey, you are the perfect audience for this show. Yeah, I think a perfect example
3: of that is like you take a Netflix, right? And you've got – it's it's no coincidence that Netflix has been flooding its platform with stand-up comedy specials. Clearly, those are resonating with its audience. Mm-hmm. And so they've gone ahead and said we're going to double down on this and we're going to give everyone who is any notable of a name who's got a decent hour special – to throw it out well hours hard it's really hard, right but that's so there's only a select few of people that can really really do that, but let's give them all the opportunity to do this right, right. and you've got HBO also kind of in that game, and now amazon's floating with that game a little bit too, but I think so so it's fascinating so I guess what you're what you're I think alluding to is the fact that these platforms are Helping to eliminate that that barrier to entry, or, or that that need to find the audience because you've already got that built-in audience. Yeah, there, right?
2: I think you bring up right. a good point with the stand-up comedy though, because I Netflix I now look at as a stand-up comedy machine, mm-hmm. where I look at it and I think in the same way that I look forward to the next Marvel movie because I know I'm interested in Marvel characters. I look at that, and I'm like, I've never heard of this guy, but I'm gonna watch it because it's the new Netflix original stand-up. Right. So it definitely, it absolutely works. And that that takes the marketing out of it. Because yep. it is the marketing. The content is the marketing right. at that point.
1: Right. But it that also changes the nature of which content. Let's let's call I hate the word content because I hate like, it too, but it's the only word that the, really the, the all encompasses like, everything. We like, make content here. I'm, we do make content. I'm, yeah, I'm really not trying to make content. I'm trying to make I define it as I'm trying to make dope shit. Yeah. So get the fuck out of my way. We don't make dope make shit dope here, shit. sir. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we just make shit. But, but that's where we but <laughs> when I talk to business, when I talk to business people, I have to call it content because otherwise they're like well, he said uh, he said he wants to make dope shit. I'm not entirely certain. They call certain it legal, what he meant. Like, Do we make uh,
3: dope shit here? We're not sure if this is the place to make dope shit.
1: <laughs> Sir, we're uh, a dry cleaner. <laughs> and he, called us, and he called us a bunch of pussy bitches and he suits. Got, Why on, was he calling a suits? So I, I mean, I, I, I I'm not wearing a suits. I'm wearing, I'm wearing khakis today.
3: Yeah, uh, Today's a oh, casual yeah. Friday. But um, uh, yeah,
0: who are, See, here's the question: Who the fuck are you? Cause like I, I have no
1: idea, dude. We're yeah. still no We're, get, idea. We're not leaving that. until we, we get to so the end Kalem, of this. So, yeah, who is a fantastic actor. Great actor. Uh, on on uh, the you lead blew of my Body. Mind, I just
3: finished American Vandal last night. But, uh, yeah, on, on like American Vandal. The, he's great.
1: Yeah. And I said, Calum, how do you see me? I asked him this in, 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 in Toronto. And he's like, oh, man, I, I see you as an artist. And yeah, so that's my thing. Is If I had I'm to like, define oh. you. Um, okay. Because that's yeah. always fun. That's cool. I like that. It sounds better than any. You know, yeah, I would around. say
3: you're a creator, right? And the, and I think that term is starting to be a little bit more legitimized, right? Like for instance, I was talking earlier today and yesterday about how I just finished Dirk Gently. We had we had the pleasure of having Max on the show last week. He the very first credit is created by Max Landis, right? Like like created for the screen by Max Landis, and I think that's going to start taking on more and more importance, especially as There's so much more uh, uh, content again. Now that that word's got a—it's like a dirty word. Get over it! it. Come on. So many more shows that are being delivered across the board, right? Right. Especially TV right now. Like TV is having this amazing renaissance of like TV is the place to be if you want to be creative, or at least online streaming is. Um, So that I think that there's going to be like from what i'm seeing is there's going to be a, you know with with television there's never really necessarily like the the auteur that there is with the movie or at the movie always say the director they get credit like the actor gets a little more credit but now you're getting these these showrunners that are coming in these people who are creating these series coming in and they're they're the names that i think are going to be starting to have a lot of cachet going forward or at least that's what i'm noticing yeah if you would ask me
2: i would just say executive producer because that is one of those titles that no one actually knows what it
0: means. And that's the thing, I don't know. It's cool. you're, you're a but producer on all these different films and stuff, right? And like, I don't know, what does that
2: mean? Because to me, but then to answer your other question of one word, right. vision. Uh, to me, executive producer is the vision, and it's the person that is kind of going to work with the directors and producers and writers and all that stuff and kind of be like, this is what I want to make. This is my vision.
1: Well, you know, but at the same time, like, uh, um, using Bodied as an example, right? That wasn't my vision.
3: Hmm. Was not my vision. So was this? Was that? Was that come from Joseph? Who did that come from?
1: Three hundred percent from Joseph, right? And so he comes um, to
3: you and says, "I got this thing," and you go, "I got it." You're gonna be a big stack. I'm sorry. sorry <laughs> <for that joke. laughs> I'm that. No, actually,
1: um, you know, I was I was off um, directing a show,
3: which we can or can't talk about. I forget where
1: are we at with that. We can talk about it. We can talk about We can talk, it. talk we about it. We Plug just can't it. talk about where it's going. Right. But, yeah. Plug it. Plug it real uh, quick. Yeah, it's, it's called uh, Addie Shankar's Gods and Secrets. Very humble that my name is. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a
2: big... Now, I need to ask you a question. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. Earlier, I walked in the room. First thing you said to me was, are you guys big wrestling fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that show have to do with wrestling? No. Okay.
0: I thought I had enough. There's, the there's way, wrestlers in
2: it. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Who's in it? Who?
1: DDP.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, all D&T, right. Yeah, doing some yoga. Hell yeah!
3: Does he do so? Yoga? What What is it? Cool. yoga. Now I asked him this earlier at lunch, mm-hmm. and he says to me, "I literally took a long pause. I can't tell you what it is because if I told you what it is, it would spoil how awesome it is. Like it would spoil it for you." He's paraphrasing, quote. That's meta, and I like that.
1: Right. To it's really right, dope. Artist. I mean, I'm. It's dope shit. Know. As long as it qualifies as dope shit, it's dope shit. It's dope shit. You did it. It's do- it's dope shit. You know, otherwise. Um I I am not one of these these guys who who's trying to just kind of like make stuff and churn it out, right? Right. I I I don't know how to do that. Like I I feel like maybe I would benefit from from taking more of a sausage factory approach to, to the advice. Right? To Ask be like us. Well, we're really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really
3: good at churning out but, a lot. Uh,
1: no, this is this is a project that's that's very personal to me. Um, your name's in it.
0: Yeah. So is this 300% your vision?
1: Yeah. yeah. You're fascinating. Well, you're like a Rubik's cube. So how many, wait, how many projects sides? do you I'm have you. going at any
3: given time? Like right now, you how many projects are you focused on, or at least what so keep like which right projects now, are keeping you up at night?
1: Right now, I have four going at the same time. Four. Um, You've got
3: the second se- season of Castlevania, Castlevania that again. you're that you're overseeing. Yep. Bodied just came uh, got awarded. Uh, uh, we got two awards: TIFF and uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Fest. Fest. We got one Congratulations on choice those. award. Thank you. So, Thank you. so that, I thats wait to watch that movie. By the way, yeah, Tim. By the it way, is,
1: it is dope. I mean, it's 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 a dope film. Again, it's three hundred percent Joseph Kahn's vision. You um, know, I'm, um, and obviously Marshall Eminem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 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 lucky to be a part of that uh, that 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 whole ride. I mean, yeah. Uh, so and so you're a
0: producer on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? Joseph Kahn's like I need help making this film, and you
3: give him money.
1: Is that what a no, producer does? No, he uh, he raised all the financing himself.
3: So why? He, j- so he just wanted to collaborate with you on it, knowing that knowing what? Yeah, like, what I did mean, you bring specifically to the table that Joseph? I,
1: honestly, we Joseph and I talk about this at night, like we generally like chat at like around two a.m. every day or every other day. That's so LA, just I. kind of. So we're both up really late, sure. you know. Are you uh, both
0: on your beds in your
3: pajamas, like feet up in air? Like, what you doing? It's
1: totally like that. I have that. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally like no, that. In I mean, my
3: brain, they have bunk beds, right? And oh, it's, two oh, okay. clock, it's like, hey man, you still up? Yeah, I'm still up. What right? if it was like yeah. big and they had walkie talkies? Like, um, yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> you know,
1: he'll We have an interesting relationship because there's also the age difference, but he's he's one of the few guys I've met in my life, you know. I've I've uh who we're we're tapped into the same thing. We're uh, and we speak th- we speak similarly. We're just so similar, right? Right. He's he's the um, he's the first guy in my life where I was like, wow, man, I wish, I wish we knew each other growing up because we would have just hung out every day. He's your best That's friend. Nice, BFFs. Yeah. So we are BFFs. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Good. And, we were and there. on that, you know, sure. on the film, um, <laughs> you know, he told me the concept. He said, "Look, I want to you know do this movie about battle rap." Uh, and I said, you know, great. And you started, you know, telling me the beats of it. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like a sports movie. And he's like, what? I'm like, it's a sports movie, you know. And I gave the frame of reference, gave of him the frame that. of reference. So there was, you know, there was, there was, there was that. And then it went into production. And, and, uh, and so
0: your producer credit comes from bouncing ideas off of him, and being there for him, and sounding board and going, yeah, over I guess. I mean, okay.
1: he, he basically was like, look, will you. Cosign yeah effectively you know okay. uh, And um Are you
2: involved in the battle rap scene at all Or like a fan like are you into that Is that like a culture that you Know intimately no so What's interesting about this from what I know of you guys You are the power ranger guy Yeah joseph Kahn, not at all right the Power ranger guy so you came and you're like this is this is What we're doing and he just made it happen based On the vision of all of it and uh-huh. he had no idea About power rangers right. at all. Is this the opposite of that then Absolutely. where he is involved in that and Absolutely. loves it and you're just kind of there to make it happen?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the the, the film has some of the – like most of the top battle rappers today in it.
2: And that's what I think is so cool is watching the trailer. Like, These are real battle it's, rappers. It's easy to watch – like to hear about the concept of this movie and be like, I saw you. Why would I want to watch this? Right. But then you see it and it's like dumbfounded in it. And Kid Twist wrote it. Yeah. And it's like these are guys that are actually doing this that have made what modern rap battles are in the yeah. last –
1: it's it's, it's authentic to the culture yeah uh it's about the culture it's not made at the culture Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a there's a level of authenticity that exists in the film that would only exist because the people who made the film other than myself are 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 either a part of the world or fans of the world Mm -hmm. right even even marshall eminem he he came up through battle rap. Like, that's... Like, before he was the, you know, Eminem, the, the, the music star, he was Eminem, the, the battle rapper. He was the guy you didn't want to get in the ring with because he would destroy you.
2: Still is, but, yeah. Still
1: is, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I basically got a more... Like, a front row seat and an introduction into this world because of this film. Um, and, obviously, Joseph, you know, goes... He, he's a legend in the movie business. I mean, the, in the music video business. Mm-hmm. Um, Backstreet Boys videos, everything, everything, everything. Early N.W.A. Recently, Taylor Swift videos. Literally, the biggest music video director of all time. When it comes to just hit after hit, generation after generation, Mm -hmm. it's just he's he's never slowed down.
3: That's crazy to think about. Yeah, I love following on Twitter too because I'm just like I like I like I love Twitter because it gives you that little glimpse into people's lives, and uh, when. Her new video dropped. It's just like you can see. There's still that level of he's just a mega fan, you know. Like he still has that like connection to like this is fucking cool. What I get to do, and that's and, always and fun to see. And he's
1: and he's genuinely like that, right? He's genuinely cl- plugged in. He he feels everything. Right. He's he's engaged with pop culture, in, in in a way that most people stop being once they leave the strike zone of that age group.
3: Mm. So you mentioned you were thinking about leaving. Obviously, you didn't leave the industry, which is good, because you gave us some great stuff since. Do you have a project that you're like, this is the project that I want to do above all else? Or have you already done that project, and now you're on to the next one? Well, you're saying
2: there was three, and we cut you
3: off. First was Power Rangers. What were the other two?
1: So I'm going to answer your question first. Fantastic.
3: Thank you for that, because let's be honest. I appreciate it. Also.
1: You know, it's...
3: You gave me the high five, though. if
1: if, If you... If you guys are ever in LA, hit me up. Love to have you over. Be to, careful because to, to we'll my just... place because you'll see that I have literally notepads, just with with ideas, concepts, shots, scenes, scribbled scribbled everywhere. Right. So there's not one dream project. Mm-hmm. It's not like, man, I really want to do this uh, hard R Captain Planet idea or which is which is a legitimate thing. Hell yeah, it um, is. Um, because really, how would that play out? child right? soldiers, by the way. No, 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 no. They would have been... They, no, not child soldiers. They would be labeled eco-terrorists because everything that, hap- everything that Captain Planet was about happened. Happened. Everything that that show warned us was going to happen. Our entire generation. They said, hey, don't do these things because this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It happened. So it's like a horror flick, and Captain America, Captain Planet's
0: just tearing people in half. It's like no, 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 no. It's a, it's a no. It's it's. I told y'all, motherfuckers, it's, bah, it's right through the uh, chest of these guys. No, it's, down a, the it's a it's
1: a it's a dystopian. <laughs> you know, we, we live in a dystopian time. So to to set Captain Planet today is to make it dystopian. Mm.
3: Interesting. Right. But, Does, but, is Captain um, Planet a force for good in this universe? Or is he trying to change it back to?
1: Honestly, he's hardly in it because mm. um, the the uh, the Planeteers have. Gone their separate have ways. Have gone their separate ways. Mm. Uh, uh, Linka's Linka's dead. Um, and Mati doesn't give a fuck. Like he's taken over a whole island. He has a big beard. He's old. He's ripped, and he's got like gorillas who are just kind of soldiers. And he's been turned yes. into like the new basically into Bin Laden by the government, right? But he's he's able to harness the the heart power, so he can spy. He's basically also the NSA, so he can spy on anyone and everyone. So the, I have a scene in there where they're like the president's in this bunker, you know, and, and SEAL Team 6 is going in to take him out. And as soon as they end up on this island, they get ripped apart by gorillas and, you know, trampled by elephants. And Mati walks up to the camera and he's like, no, oh, fucking he stamps it. And they're like, how the fuck did he know? And they cut you cut back to the bunker and the president's there. And he's like, how the fuck did he know that he was coming? And they see an ant in the room and they start freaking out. And they're like, Dude, fuck, kill that ant. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, um, God uh, damn it! Just tell stuff. us everything about um, the notepad. Every notepad. Uh, and and, and uh, Wheeler, you know the fire guy. He becomes basically the Punisher. Like his ring still works, and he's out. Like he's like he's like fucking lighting motherfuckers on fire, right? Because, um, and uh, so that's what you
3: do when you have a ring that can produce fire. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, and he's also protecting. Well, you've seen he's not also protecting you. the little girl who he finds in a brothel, who who the the uh, the wind ring is drawn to, and he realizes once this girl comes of age. She can activate the ring, and they can summon Captain Planet again. But again, Mati's broken off, so they don't know, like you know, if they can even. Mati was he going to kill us or mm-hmm. is he going to fucking work with us? Um, this sounds really cool. You so, make- but I have notepads of all of these all of these things, right? I have a I have a show that uh, that I'm developing at the moment with uh, with my good friend Phil Juanu, who directed The Punisher Dirty Laundry, mm-hmm. and. Um, we want to shoot that next year, right? And I would say that's a passion project too. The bottom line is the moment I stopped giving a fuck, that's the moment I quit because I never got into this for the cash. It was never a cash grab. It was about making dope shit because I, I, I had two problems with most of the content I was watching when I was a teenager and, and, and right before I moved out here, and which is why I moved out here. It was one, most of the movies were not about anything. They felt empty and hollow. They felt like like action pieces. Mm -hmm. And I forget the second one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you say something interesting there. Uh, Talk to me... I, I now you're this big big shot artist guy. I'm making really all not a big shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a big shot. Do I act us. like a big shot? No, no, no. I don't mean no, I don't no. mean in that sense. I mean the fact that a bad way. Which is yeah. a cool thing. You're, Wait, you're not. Cool? You are. Yeah. You just call you call Eminem Marshall. You know that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like you know people. You're making awesome fucking things. You have notepads with amazing Captain Planet shit on them. You
1: guys were like helping me write emails before this. And that was our pleasure. And we
3: said we'll give you the phone number if you ever need help again. Just call us. We'll conference you and we'll figure it out but
2: I love that though because it's like to me I look up to you as the type of guy that has cool ideas and wants to get shit done and I appreciate that you will talk to us and be like hey man like what do you think about this and it's like that's that's how fucking things happen. Yeah, and just, right? and just to Trusting clarify, to define
3: big shot in my brain, and granted I know that that has kind of a connotation behind it, but I think what we admire about you is the same thing I admire about a lot of my friends that are creating stuff, which is that when you get to a level where you can you can work at your level and still be able to get the things done that you want to get done, that's really cool. That's really admirable, and that's something that I think is, to me, the dream, right? To me, like, I love following people who get to just do the things they want to do, and I know I'm oversimplifying your <laughs> life because I've seen the stress that you go through a little a little bit, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you put, you put the work in for sure but like if you were to say Nick what's happiness look like for you I would say nothing in my day that I don't want to do and I get constantly challenged by new levels of projects that I think will make me a better creator better person better whatever you you name it and I think that that's that's what we see in you when we look at you and so that 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 to me is like not necessarily big shot but big time like that is you're operating at a very high level and you're able to still make great art and that's fucking cool because you don't see that all that often right like you could probably name I could give you 10 directors off the top of my head we won't do it now but like out of all 10 of those maybe one of them gets to do the project that he really wanted to do and it turns out the way he really wanted it to turn out right and then but I I go and I watch Castlevania and I'm like this this is I could see your hands in that right I could definitely tell that there was like your influence was on that and that's really cool
1: I I genuinely really appreciate that Um, I appreciate you saying that 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 means a lot
3: well, it's it's but it's like it's great. It's hopeful because what you're saying is, you know, what, we, what everyone kind of feels, which is that a lot of the way things have been done, a lot of the way television has traditionally been done, a lot of the way films have traditionally done is I don't want to say dying because I hate that word. I don't think things are dying. It's evolving. It's an, and it's evolving past mm-hmm. the mediums that our parents and their parents mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. And what that means now is it's really hard to define, which is cool. But it's also super scary, Well, that's where content comes from. Well, exactly. That's why people say content. But what I'm talking about is more like even just look at the way TV was made, right? It was either done in like 30-minute chunks or hour chunks, right? You know, 22 minutes. That you had to make a content, but or of the show itself, but now you don't have to worry about that anymore, right? But that in and of itself, right there, was fucking mind blowing, right? Because you can make a four like when Netflix uh, released uh, House of Cards, right? And the first episode was like fifty one minutes. Everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like, but it really was a big deal because you're like, "Oh, you can just if you need those extra minutes to really tell that story beat, you got it." And that's scary. That's weird because that that means like, is this train going to come off the rails? Like, what's well, going well, on? What, I don't Understand
1: what it, what it means in from you know from I guess. My perspective, what what not what it means, what it's meant, from my perspective, is um, Spielberg, Lucas, that whole generation. They effectively created these blueprints, right? They created these blueprints, these magical blueprints. Close Encounters of the uh, Close Encounters, Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. And it's more than just those two guys, but that entire generation. They created these this stack of blueprints that became these you know these wide release theatrical American Hollywood blockbusters. blockbusters, Right. Right. Some of them weren't intended to be blockbusters; they just became massively popular. And these blueprints, since that time, have been perfected. They've been narrowed down, uh, and they've become. Blueprints. They've become legitimate blueprints that you know you you're saying, Okay, buddy, Greg, we need you to just direct a Star Wars movie. Here's the blueprint. Just follow They're not it. saying they're not saying, Greg, you got great ideas. Mm-hmm. Let's go do something interesting in the Star Wars universe, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go let's go let's go shake up the formula. They're saying, Here's the formula. Here's Don't what fuck works. it up.
3: Yeah, do mm-hmm. it. I think Iron Man Three is a perfect example. Right or the or the the two current Star Wars movies that are in which, production, which again, not, which again, there's one nothing, of which there's lots nothing of wrong
1: with that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? When you when you have the blueprint, you know it works, and you're executing it well. Sure. And and uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to just go like, "Fuck you," you know. I the 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 rebel in me would mm-hmm. just flip off the man, and I've come to realize like, look, these are like mega corporations. Right? They're like these massive con- conglomerates. Like they have to they have to do the middle of the road version of it. They just they just have to. Their, their ecosystem is set up in such a way that if they don't do it, it's a massive problem. Right? So so they are powerless. It's not like they're choosing to, to make these middle-of-the-road movies. They're powerless to do anything but the middle of the road mm-hmm. movie. That's what they have to do to survive to. and keep yeah, all exactly. these employees going. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um. But what our generation has the opportunity to do for the first time, right? Because before the the uh, the Hollywood machine controlled three things three parts of the puzzle that if you didn't have them you couldn't fucking make a movie right one was the technology to things like the cameras the mm-hmm. lenses all that shit like if you were an independent filmmaker anywhere in the world like you just didn't have access to the best technology so yeah. whatever you made wouldn't look good two they had acts they, they controlled the, all the stars right so like if you didn't have tom cruise or keanu or schwarzenegger or one of those guys in your movie it didn't matter how good it was it wasn't going to be viewed on the same level as a movie with Tom. And three, they control they controlled the distribution, mm-hmm. right? So, even if you made the greatest film of all time, you couldn't get it seen by anybody because they 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 controlled the distribution. I mean, they 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 literally had the throttle on that fucker, right? So, it was very hard for independent companies to get studio-level distribution. Then guys like you came in Guys like me to some extent who, who started going, all right, cool. Well, I'm just going to put this shit on YouTube, see what happens. And all of a sudden the distribution went away. The, the, the whole idea of this, of this mythical movie star, this unicorn movie star that's going to grace us with their presence once every year and a half, two years with a new film. And everyone's going to line up because Tom's in it or because Brad's in it or Keanu's mm-hmm. in it. That started going away. Even right? the rock
3: doesn't work. They no, watch.
1: no one, no one works because the reality is the, the 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 curtain's been lifted. Right, holding out
3: for Jumanji. We're holding out for it. The, the,
1: <laughs> the curtain has been lifted, and technology is it. Has it been lifted? And technology. 100%, 100%, though? And got it right technology. Here. Technology. You cannot discount the technology oh, yeah. because literally, you right here, right here. If we flip this around and we look back there, you have all the equipment necessary. To make an independent film. I yep.
3: have a lot, a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, how to break into online media as an industry where a lot of people, obviously, where we used to work, IGN is a great company, right. and a lot of people want to get in there. Do you know and what I think? have,
1: uh, Yeah, that'd be dope. Do Just like a coffee? Okay. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Should yeah. I have a coffee? Am I, am I too amped up? No, no, no. no, no. You're this perfect. Is this, I'm, I'm this is, is great. I'm on your level right now, which is great. great. This is great. But yeah, yeah I always keep I'm people... hate tweets from you fuckers, am I? No, no, no.
3: Our audience is hate. I do not mean to call you guys fuckers. Um... No. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people like asked me over the years, like, what should what skills do I need to to like get into a place like IGN? And some people are like, I really want to be an editor. And I'm like, well, you have to understand that those skills. So back in the day, if you learned editing like that was a specialized sure. skill that you knew, if you could get into the industry, you'd have a great job and get paid a lot. But that skill has since become so the tools are so accessible now that I'm like, you almost don't want to pigeonhole yourself as an editor because anyone who is 18 or 15 or 12 who started on YouTube has started using that, those yeah. skills and so maybe not not to disparage editors especially film editors because that is a high art form but like if you're doing online media like there's zero barrier to entry anymore so like you have to think a lot more of like you got to learn camera work you got to learn editing work and you got to learn all these things that that it takes to create one video but then that's exactly what you're saying like then you just have the basis to build on that and there's really no excuses
1: and we saw the exact same thing play out this exact same scenario, right? Because you know that quote: uh, "The more things change, the more they stay the same." The same. Yep. Yeah. History keeps repeating itself. Read back to the 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 creation and the evolution of the printing press, mm-hmm. and you'll find these crazy parallels. Oh yeah, and they're not necessarily crazy because it's the same thing. That's there was a communication right? medium that was uh, the the you know the written paper. That was then revolutionized by this powerful tool called the printing press, Mm -hmm. which allowed people to mass produce text into these little books and allowed ideas to spread.
0: So for you... Where are you? You said, you know, what made you move out to Hollywood yeah. was that you're looking like, oh, well, this is empty. They're not telling stories anymore. Well, That's and I
1: wanted, to, I wanted to communicate. You know, I, I, I viewed this as a communication tool because, again, you know, we talked about this earlier, how I, I grew up in India. Born in India, grew mm-hmm. up there, you know, lived there until I was uh, almost five and a half. What well, part? Uh, Calcutta. Calcutta. Then Madras. Okay. And then Bombay. Uh, and then we moved over to Hong Kong. Uh, singapore it's just my life was was this hodgepodge of 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 countries and various cultures and never really fitting in and the one common narrative thread was was some of these characters some of these movies mm-hmm. right that that mm-hmm. uh that that everyone like all of a sudden you know uh I could talk to people about Captain Planet or Wolverine or Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. I could just literally have a conversation. I I was like the new kid in school. I was in a new culture. But I could all of a sudden relate through these these, uh, fantastical um, cultural myths that our generation shared in, uh, that all bought into together. And it allowed me to communicate across cultures. And that's why when... Um, other folks in, in entertainment are like, man, Netflix is ruining everything. Like we need the theatrical window and we need the, this and why, you know, why is all the, my response to that is, yeah, they might be killing the revenue streams. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that shakes up. Right. Because the whole idea of like, it's out, but you can't watch it because it's behind the paywall. I think that's a slightly dated dated uh, w- way, way to way to look at this, but the bottom line is what these streaming services are doing. You know, Netflix, all of them, is because you're releasing content now. Let's just call it content for the sake of all today, right. right? Okay. What they're doing is they're taking this content and they're allowing it to be viewed at the same time worldwide. So what they're doing is they're helping bring the world together because all of a mm-hmm. sudden now the whole world is watching the same stuff. Sure. So the reference points, the cultural reference points, the, 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 the differences that in theory divide us start getting obliterated.
3: Look, Greg, I know you look to me. I know the theater landscape is changing. Nick's always like, it, oh, oh. The theater, I hope the
0: theater's there forever and I hope it's amazing. I want the theater to be there because, because, because I want as, to watch my movies at home. All right, and I'll pay you more. I'll pay the premium no, to get it and watch it there. The, I'll watch, watch them on version of America at home
3: because you want to watch a movie on one screen while you're playing Destiny two on the other screen and not pay attention. To it. And then you go, I don't know, I don't really like that movie. And I'm like, what happened? And you're it's like making good points. You're like, it's it's real good. what, what start movie? I said this? that, that about you. Like you. That sounds like you. I'm just saying, but I get it. Trust me, I understand because that, that this is a losing battle me. that I'm fighting. I sat in the theater over the weekend and I started watching. And my wife and I went and saw Kingsman two. That movie starts off; it's super fun, and then. The people next to me all decided that it was yeah. time that they were in there. They just assumed they were in their own living room and they just started talking, and I'm like, at one I had I literally thought to myself, should I tell these, should I ask these people to stop talking, right? Should I should I Sean Finnegan these people and start throwing ice at them, or should I Greg Miller these people and go mode on them? You know, all of a sudden, I don't take it. Away. And then I'm like, you know what? I think this is just the world, right? I think this is just the world we live in, and. There are some battles that you can fight, and and granted, I think theatrical release for movies is a, definitely a battle worth fighting. And I love that it's forcing some people to think outside of the box with things like the Alamo Draft House. And I love that everything's reserved seating now, and you got the recliners. But at a certain point, you can't change how people act. And Twitter and social media and everything has made people just like constantly addicted to like everything, talking to each other. And so I was like, I, you know what? I'm not going to ask these people to be quiet. I'm going to just get up and move, coward. I'm just going to get up and move. Then it ended up being good because I got to make out with my wife and no one could see me. So that worked out well. That did work out well. But they almost ruined the movie for me, right? And so I get it. For the first time, I actually actually thought of you. Not when I was making out with my wife. But prior to that, (laughs) I thought of you because I was like, Greg. I I was like, is Greg right? Should I tell Greg he's right? And then I'm like, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet.
2: I don't know. You bring up an interesting point with people being on Twitter and all that stuff. And I and something you were saying earlier about back in the day, you had the three devices and they gave you stuff. It wasn't interactive. Um, I mean, I guess video games were. But um, with movies, movies are an interactive experience when people go in groups with their friends and stuff and start talking. I'm not – Standing up for that because that shit sucks But that's why people enjoy watching in their living room because you can look if me and you were watching in our living room We don't need to worry about other people around us. We yeah. can make snide comments Best sure. and, and ask the questions problem, the, the problem with the theatrical yes.
1: experience because I, I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? You're like why the fuck does this experience have to die? There is still some merit to it, right? And I think that's that's the argument you're making mm-hmm. that's the argument that uh, Chris Nolan's making I think that's an argument that a lot of prominent filmmakers from another generation are making they're like this thing shouldn't die like, yeah, okay, maybe box office isn't what it was 10 years ago. Right. Maybe the fact that 90% of the revenue of all movies comes from 10 movies is it's a bad system. is they're all Disney-owned. You know, it, it's just a reality. It's, yeah, that it's is reality. the reality of, of, of today, you know, yeah without passing, casting judgment on it. And I agree with you. I don't think the theatrical experience should die. I think the problem with it right now is, it, is that it's ill-defined. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're telling me that you went to the theater and there were people texting, tweeting, talking Mm -hmm. in front of you and that made you uncomfortable. Right. What I'm hearing is you sat down in this community experience and you and those other people weren't uh, weren't sure of the the codes of conduct Mm -hmm. You weren't playing by the same our, social rules, yeah. Right. Our
3: definitions of what right, the what is the social is
1: contract that you, as a moviegoer in this theater, are entering into? Right, like the right. Alamo Draft House, That's a great example because that social contract is clearly defined. Right. For instance, let's say we had a we had a and this is a terrible idea by the way. This should not exist. But let's say we had a <laughs> we a, 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 a theater the that was uh, almost like a haunted house, and it was. Um, uh basically exclusively programming for horror movies sure. right so like if a new horror movie is coming out you want to watch it in this horror movie theater right and then they encourage you to be loud they encourage you to to participate to, to participate sure. take selfies and you know be an asshole do that right not necessarily be an asshole but though, but because be an people are, are it's showing up yeah, true. and that's the code of conduct, right? So when people uh, – we're running into problems with these movie theaters uh, on a purely soci- sociological level where people are showing up to this shared experience mm-hmm. not knowing – what is kosher and what isn't? Because no the how reality many is, many
2: minions on the
1: screen tell them to silence their And see, that's my thing: is true. we,
0: I don't buy it. They tell you the rules at the front,
1: yeah, and but they is- do it
2: in such bullshit-ass ways with no real consequence. Or else, we'll kick you out. How many times have you seen people get kicked out? I can count on one hand. Well, a lot of times.
0: D- d- well, I mean, it's the reason Greg Miller it's the out reason, on someone. He didn't get kicked it's out. It's the reason. True. Well, I shouldn't have been kicked out. I wasn't wrong. But you <laughs> made everyone. True.
2: At the end of the day, you made more people uncomfortable
3: than he did. Not me, dude. I would have kicked you out. Fucking loved it, bro. Thanks, buddy. But you were
0: too lazy to get out of your seat like everybody else that's why alamo works and why alamo is a good experience for uh, in terms of phones and mm-hmm. talking and bullshit because they're like don't text don't talk if you do raise an order card and we'll come fucking warn that person if they get another warning they're tossed out and it works whereas like you, i go there and people aren't on their phones and they aren't being assholes see i like oh, that because i mean i lawful. think
3: i th- I think the reason why i'm, hate I'm alamo. you I
0: hate it for alamo. dumb reasons because you're dumb
3: no um, i hate it for well, those why, reasons Why do you, but why no, do you hate
0: i hate it because it i think that the
2: alamo more than anything you're going in there understanding that you're not paying attention to this movie. There's fucking waiters running around. Like, there's people. It's a free text-a-thon. You can do whatever the fuck you want Bullshit in that
3: place. Bullshit, it is. Bullshit. We're see, seeing Thor
0: like, there. You tell me how many phones you see. Back.
3: I feel like that that doesn't bother me, which is weird. But I think it's because that is that world is different than a normal movie theater to me. That world is... There's going to be lights on. There's going to be people walking around. It is a little bit more free-form. It does literally feel like a gigantic living room. And for whatever reason, the just, people don't seem to talk that much there. That, that doesn't distract me at all. I never I never hear it. Yeah. Um because you the, never watch a movie there. Because but also, every time we try to watch it, it doesn't work. That's fair. But right also, that. the waiter days. does bring me free refil- refills right. of Diet Coke, and I love that so there is that like there's a trade off there I'm talking about the normal movie going experience of like you go into a theater and there is that social contract of look we're all going to be here together we're going to have this shared common experience even though we're, we're, ne- we're probably never going to see each other after this we're going to have this common experience together It's for me it's like a tribal thing it's, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's an old sense of community and what you're yeah. saying is very valid right because before uh, and I think still, still to some degree windows uh, movies are windowed as far as regions are concerned right sometimes they'll come out in America first and then they'll go they'll open domestic A Foreign later, right recently. I think most of the time now it's probably worldwide but I like the idea of being able to share content through your living room But it's not the same right like I know that maybe you're watching American Vandal But we don't get this we're not experiencing at the same time So I I, I grapple with this a lot. I think about this a lot where I'm like Are we losing that sense of like personal community with every new digital thing that happens? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We are well we're redefining what community means Right, because community used to be defined by uh, physical location. Mm. It is no longer right. Right, physical space. The reality is physical space is becoming less valuable by the day. Physical real estate is becoming less valuable. You're not from San Francisco. By the day. <laughs> hey, well, he's from
3: LA. <laughs> they're pretty. It's pretty expensive <laughs> down there too. You know what he means, though. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: It's the reason this works. And the fact that we can be a small community as kind of funny best friends and still have a thing and a business and everything—it's
1: kind of, you know, the mind-blowing thing. I was—I was, I was just—I I just thought of this when you said that. Yeah. As you said that, it's the reason I get to do this, right? Because I'm not like when when you guys called me a big shot earlier, I was like, "Huh?" Right? Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm not J.J. Abrams, right? I'm not fucking. James Cameron, like those guys right. are Spielberg. Those guys are big shots. They they actually get to do whatever the fuck they want, right? Cameron rolls in. He's like, "All right, kids, I need half a billion dollars," and they're like, "We'll give you a 1000000000 so
3: I'm like, "Great, <laughs> I'll give you four Avatar films in return right. and like two new Terminator." It'll take films. forty
1: I'm years. Like, fuck, that's, yes, that's I'll, being a big shot, right? Yeah. The reality is, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a niche act. I'm a niche act, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've got a, I, I've got a an audience. But it's niche. It's not super mainstream, right? It's not like when I walk into the mall, it shuts down. But at the same time, I do have an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I, I interact with that audience. I have a fan base. Probably have some a lot of people who think I'm... Who are not fans, too. Sure. Which comes with the territory. It's the internet, yeah. But the reality is, I'm a niche act. But that's okay in the world of the internet. Yeah, exactly. You don't need... You know, I think the, the, the problem we're having with, with, with this whole influencer... If I can shine the spotlight back into the internet for a second, we have this whole influencer ecosystem, right? Where brands are throwing cash at, and and they did that to me too for a bit. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Hey, you're, uh, you know, will you will you hold up our cell phone or will you, you know?"
3: I don't know anyone that would hold up a product for a camera for money. They didn't pay you. For, this They're not is paying, not a yeah, it. We should go after healthy kambucha. I'm just like, oh yeah. no, Jesus, sorry, I'm my, sorry, my nipple. Didn't you. I'm sorry, no, dude. Didn't you. <laughs> no,
0: this is, and I think this is why. We call you Big Shot because we obviously do it in a loving way, not in a bad way. But it's the fact that you're so you're one of us. We're all cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. yep. and you're but you're doing your niche act on the biggest stage. Like You're doing it in Hollywood and you're making what you want happen in terms of like I always joke around here. Right. Of like my grand plan would be to somehow make a bunch of money and then befriend John Hamm and Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And then all I want to do is shoot a Kingdom Come uh, DC yeah. comic Kingdom Come do the Kingdom Come trailer. Not do the whole movie, just the trailer where John Ham Superman, at the very end, uh, Michael Keaton spins around in the bat, bat cave in the chair and says, mm-hmm. Tell that to your tailor about the blacks. And I'm like, But you do that. You go out and you make the power. I literally Rangers. do exactly that. You I mean, go out and you're, you're like, Vader You know. Repulsa, yeah, exactly. Which is the most baller thing of all
2: time. I
1: may have done something closer to what you said.
0: Is it out yet? Did I miss it? Did I see it?
1: Nope.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. When's that coming out?
1: See, that's the beauty. Did you beauty. see my idea? That's Am the, I going to be a producer the, <laughs> on it? That's the beauty. That's the beauty down, of in the internet, right? Like, I don't believe in the billboards and the hype and the Entertainment Weekly has six stills from set. I'm just like, yo, it's going to drop one day and you're going to be like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Well, that's
1: why, we, that's why this works, that's right? Why it is the thing of like, yeah.
0: again, you drop something awesome and we all share it and everybody shares it and everybody's right. super stoked.
1: People, people generally want to be surprised, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. There's good surprises, which is like, Hey, you like wrestling? Check out this "wrestling isn't wrestling" video. Holy shit, this is brilliant! This is literally a brilliant deconstruction of why we all love this this uh, theatrical art form known as professional wrestling. This 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 theater show, this theatrical improv show sure. called professional this wrestling, soap opera, right? <laughs> yeah. Where uh, where the guys in it. Believe it's real, so the acting is amazing because they literally are like, no, "No, no, I'm, I'm this guy." No, no, brother, I, my leg drop. It just, you know, puts guys you out, up. brother. You know, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. Doesn't, Have you heard a
0: heel kick yet? Hmm? Have you heard a heel kick? You follow me on Twitter, so I tweet about this movie I'm producing, a heel kick. No, I'll tell you about it. Later.
1: That's amazing yeah you're you doing a wrestling movie
0: yeah it, it's it's similar to what you're talking about where my f- uh, f- friend Danny Mack up there in Canada right he made this movie and then he was like oh hey do you want to see it and I saw it and I was like oh that's really good And he's like do you want to produce it and I was like what does that mean like do I have to give you money he's like no just help me promote it I was like oh okay so now I'm a producer on this thing because it's this really funny movie that my friend cool. made about these two burnout backyard wrestlers who then have to go into wrestling school and try to make it work yeah
1: just to clarify yeah on bodied I was on before there was a script
0: okay so he's I wasn't. He was, I got tagged on lately. He's, he's a real nothing. producer. Yeah, yeah. I'm right, totally right, right.
1: not. Oh just, shit! Yeah. So they they put your name on it after the movie was done.
0: Pretty much, they added some more stuff. They, I'm in the front of it too. It's to still being yeah, it's though.
3: still being distributed. So right. so Greg Greg kind of came on just to help with that to help facilitate that process and get and, and uh and spread awareness of it. Yeah, and it's a great movie. movie. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's amazing, dude. I feel like there should be more wrestling. Actually, you know what's crazy? I reached out to Paul Heyman. Like she was like, "Hell third, yeah, you the did." Third person <laughs> I reached out to when I got to L.A. Like the first.
0: It, How long ago did you get to L.A.? When I was
1: twenty-two. You're twenty-four now. Uh, thirty-two. Okay, okay, okay. A
0: decade. Okay. Yeah, Anyway, you reached um, out to Paul Heyman. Paul right Heyman,
1: uh, and he he just you know he left WWE. He's like, I'm done with wrestling. I don't you know this whole thing. Um, and I'd convinced a. Uh, I'd convinced an old school producer to give me a small office in his office, which happened to be at Paramount. So all of a sudden I was like driving into Paramount every day. And oh, I felt, like, that's, super awesome. Yeah. That, right? that's awesome. And I would just like blast loud rap music as I was driving to the gate every day. I don't know why. I just felt the urge. Man, to this kid's cutting edge. You're Look out, everybody. I was, I was more like the guy from Office Space.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> right, like. The, that's awesome. <laughs> <my> <laughs> turning job. it
1: down if you saw someone scary. <laughs> right, right, right. right Sorry, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah, um, Please tell me you ran Eddie Murphy a bunch, like more often. Than oh no, you actually, blocked in his car because um, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But he was happy about that. Dave
1: and I, and I blocked in his car. But yes, uh, I would be terrified to meet Eddie Murphy. What? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I no I would be way. Terrified to meet Eddie Murphy. What was that story? Was Paul Heyman. Time. Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Paul. So Paul comes in uh, to to meet with me. Uh, when, when, I met, when I met Paramount, and uh, he was telling me about his, this, he was writing a book about his life. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa stop. Stop, 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 stop. Just like, just like with, with, with Bodied, where mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's a sports movie. Mm-hmm. With, with the Paul Heyman story, I was like, Paul, I'd literally just seen a trailer for the, for the sorry, the, the wrestler hadn't even come out yet. Mm. But I'd read the script i'd read because the, the script was floating around and i was like oh my god this is amazing like i want to make stuff like this you know because this is actually like wrestling and i said paul your 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 life it's it's literally almost famous meets the wrestler that that's that's what it is it's the it's the story of the wrestler but just told through the lens of a little kid who snuck in to the show and mm. somehow got like full stage back uh, right, 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 backstage access, backstage access, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I don't know if you guys know the, the the Paul Paul Heyman story. Oh yeah, yeah. But he was like literally for those of you in yeah, the audience say- who don't know, he was he would sneak in. He called Vince McMahon senior, and he was like, "Hey, I'm a photographer for the magazine." And they're like, "Oh, great! Come on, come on in." And they gave him credentials and stuff. And he was just, I did that for ten years at IGN.
3: <laughs> I totally fake my way through that. Wait, now let me ask a dumb noob. I don't understand wrestling question. Which one's Paul Heyman? <laughs> Paul Heyman is... Not the Paul Bearer. The no. no bearer. The no. advocate of Brock Lesnar,
0: sure. but more importantly, EC-fucking-W, man. He's he ran not, ECW. He is the fucking awesomest, coolest... I mean, outside of the the professional wrestling, you know, what, what WWF and WCW were trying to be, right? He was like, fuck that. Got Eastern Championship Wrestling. Made it into Extreme Championship he's, Wrestling. He's
1: Paul Heyman. Uh, I've never, I guess, verbalized this out loud. In fact, uh, DDP has repeatedly told me please do not admit that you watch wrestling why
3: because i think it's okay now
1: no no it's okay now but to our our age group right because mm-hmm. it's it goes back to the same thing we were talking about with power rangers and mm-hmm. captain planet and mm-hmm. video games we were watching a different show than the adults were right to the adults they were like what the fuck is this to to us as kids, we were like, "This is amazing!" They're, they're wearing these crazy costumes. They're superheroes. They're doing these. It's super comic moves. books yeah. come to life. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. It was comic books meets sports theater for us, right? To sure. uh, to that older generation, it was like a carny act. They literally viewed it through the lens of like a carnival thing. So like, uh, you know the the amount of like you look at look at D- 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 uh, for those of you who don't know uh, DDP, it's Diamond Dallas Page. Right? He was a he was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, and now is a, a he's a he's a yoga mogul. Is he really DDP Yoga? Yeah, it's a real he's thing. He's a it's yoga awesome. mogul. Yeah, yeah. He he oh, travels all, all the world. But he's doing it to save lives, right? He's 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 literally rehabbed uh, Google DDP and Arthur. He literally saved a guy's life who was who was crippled through yoga. Wow. And he, right? I
0: mean, he, well, he did it with, uh, uh, no, uh who is the, Jake the uh, Jake snake, the, snake right? the redemption of Jake the snake. Now, There's an awesome documentary. You got to watch about that. And he also, when Boogie was, I mean, Boogie's still obviously struggling with his way. He just had the surgery. Still looks like everything's going great, but he, DDP and Boogie got together really? where DDP oh, came to his house and like, do pushups comes and, uh, to
1: people and helps them. This is his, he's devoted his life to going out there and helping people. Right now, if, if, uh, Scotty Pippen went out and, and, uh, rehabbed Larry Bird. I know nothing about sports, so I don't know if the you know, time That works time, out. Remember, that works out. If Scottie yeah. Pippen went out and, like, rehabbed Larry Bird, it would be, like, a big deal. It would be, like, a big news story. Like, wow, Larry Bird was on cocaine and he fucked his life up and he was living in a trailer and he was really on his deathbed and Scottie Pippen came and rehabbed him and helped him get his life back together and they made a documentary about it. What would have happened, right? But you, you look at the way... The generation above ours viewed professional wrestling as this carny act, as this like kind of like less you know, than keep, form of entertainment. Exactly. Blue collar. Exactly. That's not for us. Like kind of trashy. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Um, it, it's that documentary is very well known within the wrestling community. Sure. Once you get outside of it, people are like wrestling. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's almost like they're they're not they're not the real deal. They're right. not, You know, so. Why did I get into Dallas? Paul Heyman. We're, we're talking Paul. about Paul Heyman. He I was explaining ECW. Is, yeah.
0: We got over that. Well, yeah. the one thing, and then, anyways, he did ECW and it was awesome and fucking mm-hmm. the best. ECW it. was a competitor to WWE.
1: Not, kind, no. I mean, like, like no, 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 no. It was like the, the, the rebellious, yeah. You know how, like, do you remember when WWF became were they the owned attitude? By the same company? Or? Do you remember when
0: WWF became, like, the Don't Attitude Era? Inside. Well, I'm I mean, in the middle of my point, to answer your question. WWF becomes the Attitude Era, and Stone yes. Cold's drinking beer, and their tits on TV, and blah, blah. They were stealing all that from ECW. Right. And then eventually, ECW goes out of business, and they, WWF or WWE buys them.
3: Buys the, just the brand
0: ECW. Yeah, away. yeah.
3: And but I assume pull. the roster, as well, of whoever was uh, It didn't exist. Uh, at no, not time. Not time time they out. Yeah. Back. it
1: was, uh, like, RVD, Taz, maybe Sabu, Lance Storm. A lot of the, yeah, some of the speed like people those people had already guys, come over Paul and it was Barroni, late. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, Rhino. Yeah, Rhino. Yeah, it was, the we, gore. Yeah, yeah. God, Rhino, yeah. Well, <laughs> what Paul what Paul Heyman was a master of uh, was 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 figuring out uh, an artist like m- Vince McMahon needs, like, he needed these, like, well rounded performers. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman didn't need well rounded performers, he needed guys that were really good at one thing. And he would book them in a such, he would craft their storylines, their characters, their matches in a way that really highlighted the one thing they were really good at.
2: He's the ultimate producer Got of it. professional wrestling. Got where it. it's just kind of like understanding what two people should have a storyline and what that storyline should be. And when they revisit that storyline and how to match the, those guys up against each other. And he would let he'll you he'll be wrong. Yeah. had always been more yeah. the guy that's like, this guy's a big guy and that guy's a big guy and they're going to hit each other.
0: Right and like so like when, like a good example is Steve Austin right like he's stunning Steve Austin in WCW he's got these like golden locks and all this shit he gets dropped and he has a huge chip on his shoulder he shows up at ECW and Paul's like that's your character you're this guy who got fired from WCW and mm. you're fucking angry about it and make fun of Hogan and make fun of this and make fun of that the whole big wrestling industry and how that's mm. gonna go and like that g- goes over so well that then WWF picks up Stone Cold Steve Austin who becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin so went off the races. I
1: feel like you know uh, I feel like the closest comparable not comparable or maybe for for me in my mind like Paul Paul and me are very similar in a lot of ways
0: sure yeah. well that was the thing for us it was the craziest one I mean like a lot of things have been crazy in my life I shouldn't say that but uh, in terms of when we quit IGN and went out on our own and found it kind of funny like the day it was all popping off and it was like a big story in our industry that we had done this Paul Heyman tweeted organically of mm-hmm. just like uh, we're only five days into the new year, and I hear at Game Over, Greggy and his friends, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, How does Paul Heyman know anything about this right now? <laughs> he's,
1: he's like tapped in. No, right? I he's know. Like well, super yeah, plugged yeah, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. there's some guys who just never age, and he's one of them. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's literally on of one that. of them. Uh, DDP, by the way, is is also one of them. Right? He's he's literally Dallas and I have been have been friends for. A decade, literally a decade. Um, like literally, if I ever get married, he he's a groomsman at, at my at my wedding. Like we're, you know, he he's if something's going on with me, he's one of the first people, if not the first one. Yeah, he's one of the first people, if not the first person I call. And um,
0: we he's to this also wedding. super to plugged wedding. in.
1: He's also super plugged in. And I think a lot of wrestlers are that way. Yeah, Because they learn early on that it's not about them. It's not about their character. It's about the audience. Yeah. Yeah. you got to be in tune with that. Right? And I feel like a lot of, art, a lot of people in Hollywood have, have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. It's about the audience. It's about giving the people what they want.
2: We're yeah. so lucky. I was telling you earlier, like we were talking, and I was like, if we had to define what we do, we don't make podcasts, we don't make videos, we make community. And mm-hmm. it's like that's that is
3: all we need to focus on is yeah. making sure that they're happy.
1: And hopefully yeah. this community doesn't mobilize against me. After, Absolutely. After they're tomorrow. not going to mobilize. Against
3: but going back to a point that you made earlier, which was that and I think it's I think it's worth exploring, too, which is that there's there is sort of two tracks. That that are here now right there is the homegrown your own community on the internet yeah. and you're right That's a niche play right that is the kind of thing that we're, we're obviously doing that because we like being in that space We like we like the one-to-one interaction with people. We don't want that buffer anywhere between us between us and the chat That's probably there being like Nick's talking again. You know, oh god. Wait five seconds. To see if he goes off the fucking rails um, There's that but then there's also the, that you're not making a case that our audience is nice <laughs> They like to fuck with me.
1: <laughs> it's true. But I fuck well, as with long them right as they back. don't like to fuck with me, we're, nah, we're nah, not nah, here fine. Here we
3: but but I love that. But it is a long term strategy, right? And I think that's why I, that's why I understand a lot of people, specifically from like more of an older school model, don't understand or don't want to play in that because there is still something amazing about the, the Hollywood dream, right? That dream of. I'm going to write this one thing or do this one thing and then boom, I'm off to the races. And then Kevin Feige is going to call and but like, you got Ant-Man three or whatever, you know, you're like, cool, here's my play. And they're like, no, you can't do that, but just direct the movie anyway. You're like, cool. Um, so there is that, but I just, I just wonder, like, I I, I mean, I know that they can both exist. And they can coexist, but I wonder where that mm-hmm. convergent point is going to go. Right? Well,
0: that's my my thing would be like
1: things do you never, s- things never converge? Do
3: you see?
0: Uh, don't you see it mm-hmm. being that the people who get this and understand this are going to eat each- eat the lunch of the people who don't? Because it is bringing internet mentality to everything else, and it's the reason bringing this all together with wrestling. The Rock's so unstoppable, right? Because mm-hmm. the Rock's awesome on screen. You love watching him, but I love watching his Instagram stories more and him talking directly to me and telling it's me what's happening, taking these photos, all, and doing it's this already
1: thing. Already happened, you know. Um, Marvel's a master of this. Netflix is a master of this, right? They've, they've really figured out the internet and it's no longer you know, just this like weird dial-up thing. It's a life form. It's yeah. a living, breathing... The internet is a living, breathing organism and, 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 and those people that are, that are tapped into part of it, like yourselves, uh, you, can, you can feel it. You can feel the ebb and the flow and you, can, you get a sense of what can work and what will work and what definitely won't work
0: it's the crossover ride of like, I think the people who get it in the way, not that we're going to cross over me, the rock or something, mm-hmm. but get it in feeding off the energy of an audience and being part of it. And what this actually is and what being an internet celebrity is in 2017. Right. I would yeah. have to venture to guess then the people who are the YouTubers who have the mindset now that they want to become the actors when they flip over and when they cross over, when they start appearing in films yeah. and stuff, right. That's but, the new version. totally But
1: it, 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 it's bigger than the Hollywood dream in films, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Who is the biggest millennial brand to come out of 2016?
3: 2016?
1: Yeah. Jake Paul. Bigger than Jake Paul. Is there such a thing? Millennial brand, yeah.
0: Millennial brand. Like it's a, a pr- brand,
1: oh. a brand that men millennials have embraced as their own. Emojis. Chubbies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um <laughs>
1: I don't know why you're looking at me.
2: <laughs>
3: Tim's like let's I've just see. It a guess. Tim's like let's just see what
1: Nick says. That eclip- I mean you're literally like looking at this and going wow this brand figured out how to like really mobilize millennials who are you know who we're seen as disengaged and Snapchat, like apathetic maybe. and like no, that's not 2016, you know we're man. watching a movie while we're texting while we're watching another movie while we're playing a game like we're seen as these like the ADD generation mm. who are like lazy and you know but then there's there's one brand that somehow captivated most millennials, BuzzFeed. Even bigger than BuzzFeed, Snapchat in
3: 2016. I'm, my my guess is Snapchat, but that's not 2016. Ready? Yes. Yeah.
1: Bernie Sanders. Oh. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't. No, that. No, You're gonna have no, some fun guessing a game.
0: <laughs> that was a good guessing game. Well, I mean that it, like that was the thing you know, that like. So many people, so many young people were behind him, right? And believed in him and they wanted that and like wore the Bernie shirts and were out there with the stickers. The the yeah, exactly. And it, the fact that it wasn't one of the big two, right? I mean, he was, yeah, the, well, I mean, you know the what I mean? Other, right? He wasn't going to be the Democratic nominee, but like he got really close to being the Democratic non- nominee with what I mean, basically an agenda of socialism or whatever. And where was like, oh, hey, like, you know, we're that, all in this together. That, you know, that
1: this. The millennials that our generation really embraced, mm. right? And this was done through the power of social media. Yeah. It was using the same community building tools that, mm-hmm. that, that you guys are doing, right? So when I say niche, I don't necessarily mean bad. I wrote an article about uh, the future of stardom. And I uh, if you Google, um, I can actually pull it up on my phone. And it,
3: it was. Cool Greg can Google it if you need someone. Um, cool Greg's not even over there.
1: Cool, Greg not yeah, there. <laughs> Greg for last <laughs> Yeah it's uh you know it's 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 evolving and the reality is bigger isn't necessarily better that's the part sure. that everyone's missing right sure. like you take you take the the best example of this cuz America as a as a as a country as an empire has kind of bought into this whole philosophy of mm-hmm. of, of bigger is better, right? Like yeah. we should be in in every industry. We should do this. So, like you look at two very comparable companies, uh, Disney and Nintendo. They're very similar, mm-hmm. very similar companies, right? But then Disney starts this expand with the uh, it starts with the expansionism. We're going to get into all these different sectors. We're going to grow, 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 grow. We're going to acquire. We're going to acquire, get bigger. And Nintendo you know, wants to stay a small hardware company, right? Uh, it's not that one's bad and one's good. It's, it's not that. It's just this, these, these, these differences in, in mindsets, right? Visions. and Visions. And today we're seeing that, that the future really favors the niche. Mm-hmm. It favors the, it's, and I think where, when I was talking about brand deals earlier, right, when I was saying that these, these companies come in with these brand deals, and they're going up to these influencers and saying, "Hey, promote my promote my drink." You have ten million whatever on whatever platform.
3: Right. Six those are those are
1: those are silly. Those are silly. Those those are those are money down the drain because it's not ten million. It's not about getting in front of ten million people. It's about getting in front of as many of your potential customers as popular mm-hmm. as possible. Right. Yeah. So 100%. your community. I'm sure if you start doing surveys and as it grows, which it will grow because you guys are dope, you're going to start realizing like certain trends, certain like similarities between the psychological makeup of the people that define your community,
2: hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our whole story, right? I mean, us leaving IGN to do this—it's—it's it's about focusing on the right audience, not just a bigger audience. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. the, i think that something that gets misconstrued a lot is that, that that means that we want a small audience. No, we want to grow an audience of people that believe in the vision yeah. and yes. people that want to do this because the more people there are, that only helps everybody.
3: Right. Yeah, to yeah, to me, there's the difference more between to
1: talk to, the Incredible Hulk in Wolverine.
3: Mm, yeah.
1: Right? For mm-hmm. our generation, everyone in the world knows knows the Hulk. You go up to people like the Hulk, they're like, "Oh, I know the Hulk. He's big and green." Right? Mm-hmm. Fewer people knew Wolverine. But we were emotionally engaged with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Like I used to put pencils Oh yeah. and go like, oh, "We all do. did." Right? Still do sometimes because I stab Greg. Wolverine when. like you may not have had the awareness of the Hulk, but he had the emotional engagement
3: yeah I think for me it boils down to kind of what you're talking about is when you when I, when I when I bow back to looking at our lives as a career right I want to have the kind of career that's sustainable and I think that's what you're talking about is yeah. instead of having that burnout career of like hey you did something huge, but then maybe you can't get another role someplace, which is more the traditional Hollywood path, I think what would make me happy is getting to do this on a on, a, on an ever increasingly bigger and cooler scale every day for the rest of my life yeah. and I've had people jokingly talk about like like, would you ever, uh, like, what's next after kind of funny? You know, people say that every once in a while in the community. And I'm like, no, 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 you guys don't understand. Like, this is the base. Like, this is what everyone else, what everyone is there allows me to do this forever. And so, growing this is the priority. Like this is always growing the community and being able to to play in this pond forever in an ever increasingly big, like bigger pond.
0: The pond keeps getting flooded. It's yeah.
3: exactly right. And The ducks come. You got to shoot them
0: and one fucking the time. <laughs> They're <always laughs> I thought you were water. swimming in the pond. I didn't. You were
3: hunting.
1: It's fascinating.
3: But no. But yeah. But uh, and I love that because that niche, that more focused, um, more focused audience, that more focused type of a career allows you to have more of a sustainable career. It's and for
0: it's not the biggest audience; it's the right audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's about finding that, you know what I mean. And it's the fact that, like, when we do ads, we pick ads that are set for things that, oh, okay, that's cool. We like that, or we've used that, or yeah. like, like how we use Blue Apron, and that resonates with our audience because I, you know, learned. I they followed me on this journey of falling in love with cooking, and they know that I've used Blue Apron. And I mean, they
1: historically, that. right when when you go back before uh, big media, before the consolidation of big media corporations. Before any of this stuff, before the television, we had community leaders. We mm-hmm. just had community leaders. Every community had a little leader, like a like you know the, the person that was like the consciousness of the thing. And that's fundamentally, you guys are all artists. Most of the people watching it have an artistic bone in their body. Otherwise, they they would be going to like a I don't know a makeup channel or like sure, a sure. the accounting killing channel people or some some uh, fucking you know, your <laughs> audience. YouTube. Your audience is choosing to come. to to you guys and you guys promote positivity and all these wonderful, wonderful things. Um, and throughout history, there have been those community leaders. And that's, that's the role you guys are, 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 are in happening in this incarnation of humanity. You are, you are the community leader, right? And that's a very important, crucial role for, for our species.
0: Thank you. For letting us be your community leaders? <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to hell. <laughs> That's
3: because of the ducks, I'm telling you right now. God damn, I don't understand pond, this duck stuff. They're shit in our water, bro. We got to just take them out. Is this like a metaphor? I'll Is tell it? you one When I was a kid, there was a little game called Duck Hunt. There was, yeah. Right, and the ducks used to come into my pond, and I used to take them it's out. Not so I really really how my duck one. And my dog would go get them. He'd be happy. He'd laugh at you a lot. That was a I don't big problem problem. about anymore. Yeah. It's been a long week already. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true.
0: Addie? What else? Anything else you wanna you wanna put in this podcast?
1: I I could plug Adi Shankar's "Gods and Secrets." You just did it again. There it is. It's
0: coming one day to
3: something.
1: something. Yeah, it's you know it's again it's a passion project. Do Um, we
3: know when we'll have more details about this? Do you have any timing on that? Soon, when's maybe this ne- not when's soon. This, when's this next? Yeah,
0: when's this next YouTube video that's like what I pitched? When's that coming? When, the Kingdom Come one. Oh, if we'll he has the, a the Kingdom little, Come like with universe. John Hamm and Michael Keaton. <laughs> I you your face. I don't care. I'm glad somebody's getting <laughs> it done. <laughs> come
2: true. That's the thing. I mean, it's funny because it's like I've never wanted to produce and make a Power Ranger movie. I would want to make that Power Ranger thing on YouTube, and I think it's that's interesting because you said thing.
1: I make dreams come true. Yeah, and it's in, it, thank you. That, you that's do. pretty dope. Um, I. I was just trying to like, there's like these things in my head and I want them to exist and they don't a lot of the time. And I'm like, oh shit, it'd be cool if this thing existed. Right. And then the fact that other people watch it and are like, yo, this is dope. I felt the same way that, that is the moment where I don't feel like the kid who was like moving around every two and a half years and didn't have a home. Sure. Or, and didn't have a sense of stable community. Like, I'm like the community are the people. Like, I'm not alone because everyone else was seeing the same fucking show I was. They just weren't articulating it.
3: Right.
0: That's why it's awesome to be now, right? Yeah. Because I feel like that I was the same way of reading comics and not having anyone to talk to about the comics or playing or games wrestling. and not having anyone to talk. No, I had people talk about wrestling. But yeah, it was po. the thing of but like. No, but the po. thing is,
1: I, 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 you know, when, when, when Max made that, when Max Landis made that wrestling isn't wrestling video. I was like, oh my gosh, because like, it came out like two weeks, three weeks after Power Rangers. and I remember watching and being like, oh my gosh, literally this dude was seeing exactly what I was seeing. Like we were watching the same programming. Because whenever I would try to like get other kids into wrestling, they'd be like, dude, this is whack. Like this is mm. fake. Or it would be like something like that, which of course it's fake. It's not real. Mm. But uh, Spoilers. But it's, yeah, it's like the internet has allowed us to. to you to, find to, it. To, to redefine community. Yep.
0: You can find it, and if you're going to make something that you believe in, there'll be other people out there who want to watch it and believe Absolutely. in it too. And that's yeah. why it's so powerful. Yeah, and cool. as
1: long as it's authentic and truthful. Yeah. And that's the key, right? That's why ECW 100%. worked. It was authentic and it was truthful. That's why American Vandal's dope. So I'm authentic. excited for Body. It looks Body authentic. Body is authentic and, and it's very truthful. It, it, you know, it's, it's literally very It's authentic and it's truthful, and it comes from the community. Um,
2: I want to get you and Max Landis on a podcast just you two just put we put him in room, the room and we leave some mics. we'll walk away let's just let him talk I'll, I'll just be like hey guys pitch me your vision of uh, how, how do you fix Transformers and just walk away what would you do with Fast and Furious just walk away did you oh, hear wow. his Transformers pitch earlier you had a Transformers pitch was I was show? actually
1: gonna do it as a as a bootleg. That was this oh was gonna God. follow uh, follow Power Rangers. Um, I had this, it's really good. whole uh, ten minute story beat it out, where I was gonna position it as a as a GI Joe short, like oh here's my GI Joe short right. But the whole time it's it's Destro. He surrendered himself right. So he's like he's like guys, just take me in, take me in. Like, and they're like, we don't trust you Destro. And so they're they're interrogating him, right? And he's like, look, you have to believe me Okay Cobra commander is dangerous. Like we already knew that he's like, no, 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 he's dangerous Like he sold us all out. He's like, we mean us out. he's like, no, the humans and the whole time This is cross-cut with snake eyes leading an entire task force To to go and take down Cobra who's just kind of sitting by the throne by himself, right? So now he's, so at the end, it's surrounded. Meanwhile, we're cross-cutting between, so, so Cobra's on the throne, he's cross-cut between the throne and, uh, and Destro, and they're like, look, he sold us out, he sold us out. And then finally, the last, uh, the last shot, and I've m- skipped all the, the beats in the, in the, in the, in the middle, but it, the final shot of it is Cobra's like, look, okay, I surrender. Here, let me toss my gun to you. He takes his gun out and he like throws it on the to Snake Eyes and it transforms into Megatron.
2: I love it. Right? I mean, that's I'll fucking mean. awesome. I like you a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Dope.
1: I, wanna come I don't over like and,
2: me sometimes. I get that. Really? Sometimes, the sometimes, but I think it's a, it's the overall. Well, that's all of us, right? I think we all yeah
0: like, we all don't like your, we all don't like ourselves at some. I hate point. me most
1: of the yeah. time.
2: That's
0: not true. No, yeah, you're good. me a know,
1: You now. guys are great, man. And, and honestly, you. like, there's there's something else I've noticed. Uh, spending the last few hours here is you guys actually like our friends. You guys are like okay. literally, genuinely like you're. You guys are leading this, creating this, building, fostering, cultivating this community. But there's a community happening here as well, which is which is which is just so great, right? Because you see, uh, and I just hope you guys never lose that. Because as you guys grow, as the community develops, as, as you guys get more resources, it becomes very easy to just kind of fall back into becoming that that corporate, you know, streamline turning it into a business. Mm, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, the community leadership goes away.
0: Nah, that's, uh, yeah. we won't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's not the point of that. That's what this is all about. You know what
3: I'm saying, Tim? Yeah, I know Nick, saying, you know man. what I'm saying? That's my man. Sorry, let me try again. Woo! that was is good. That more he's, he's trying to do more of a Ric Flair stuff. I'm trying now. to nail my Ric Flair. I've already got an amazing Christopher Walken and so-so Michael Kane. but Ric Flair is really what I want to get. Well, into. now you
0: got to do the walk in. Why
3: are you always hitting me right on the nipple? <laughs> I don't know. It's just right there. It's perfect.
0: Oh, <laughs> give, give him some it. walk.
3: Give him some walking. No, I can't do it now because you put me on the spot. Walken doesn't do what you want him to do. Walken just does it. He's like Bill Murray he doesn't have a cell phone. Can't even call him. Do you have Bill Murray's number?
0: No. That'd no. be amazing. Yeah, no. I want that number because you got that thing you got to call and leave the message. Because I feel like if I could get it, I could call and be like, we do this show come, every day, had, just come I by one i had a
1: series of very weird interactions with Bill Murray. Lay him on me. I mean, really not that interesting. They're just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I was making uh, The Voices, which is a serial killer film um, told through the perspective of the serial killers. So for the first 10 minutes, you think you're watching a rom-com with Ryan Reynolds where he has this... Ability, this Dr. Doolittle like ability to talk to animals. And the animals are like making fun of him and you know whatnot. And then slowly they start telling him to kill people, and he starts doing it, and you realize he's off his meds, right? And then halfway through the movie he goes back on his meds, and then it goes from being this like a Wes Anderson movie into a David Fincher like s- seven type <laughs> scenario, right? Um, I'm actually in the movie too. But that's a weird tangent. Sorry.
0: Do you have lines in it, or are you just like in the background? Oh, no, no, no! no yeah. I have lines
1: in it. Like I, I well, I had braces installed. Okay. And I talked for this uh, part. Yeah, yeah, for this part, and I and I did it because uh, the the role was written for uh, for the bully in the office, right? So he's the guy. Uh, his name's John. And he like the character written as trendy John. And he just goes around like bullying Ryan Reynolds, right? And I was like, you know what'd be amazing if I had braces installed, and I did it with a thick Indian accent but I still played it like I was the coolest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, where I, yeah, dude, I mean, the, the most terrified I've been was, you know, the, the first, you know, when I first was like, I'm moving to Hollywood and I don't know anybody and I have no connections and I'm, Gonna make something work that was like the most terrified and the second most terrified I've ever been was was getting in the car and Driving to set that day because my first professional acting experience was like acting in a scene across from Ryan Reynolds That's, That's awesome talking shit to him talking right shit <laughs> and, uh, and You know when I when I act I get like I get like in in it, right? Because mm. um, yeah. pretty... I have to stay in character all day otherwise because if, if you're not acting all the time you when you act You have to stay in character all day otherwise you know, it's it's hard. So then I like kind of started like. It was weird. It was just. It was just. It was <laughs> just like. Weird. And, and to this day, it, it, he
3: still TP's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I was, was gonna say still hates Ryan up. Reynolds. Still just like a like up of nasty ass toilet paper. Can you go oh, like? No. Twel- you're <laughs> bullying. You're bullying. Yeah, you're bullying him still.
0: We're gonna go TP our friend. My
1: I actually like disliked him for the longest time through the shoot. Really? Yeah, it was weird because I'd like convinced myself he was fake. Because mm-hmm. I was like in, in character and he's just such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's just such mm-hmm. a nice like he's just it's because he's fucking Canadian. You know, Canadians They're are just really so nice.
3: fucking nice. It's, it's annoying.
1: True. He's like, hey, how are you, buddy? Like, and I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really care he's how I am. And I was like, I like, we'd be having dinner. I'd be trying so to like, visiting your mom in the hospital. I'd be like uh, trying to pull him into my vortex of negativity. Mm-hmm. But it was just I was just sucking deep in this character, plus like insecure, which mm. I'm still insecure, but like back then I was even more insecure. Um, why was I saying that story?
0: You're telling us about voices, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray right. So we're yeah. making
1: the film in Berlin because the uh, the director Marjan Satrapi, She's she's an amazing woman. Um, her, uh, she made a. She wrote a book called Persepolis about her. Oh about no, her shit! She, yeah, really? She made, she made the movie as well. Wow! Uh, yeah, okay. the, so she's massively talented, and she would. She would tell me every day. She'd come come up to me and be like, Eddie, you are the weirdest person I have ever met in my life, and I love it. Don't change. I'd be like, oh, Okay. The, I yeah, hate I'll, Ryan Reynolds. Like, oh, that is a backhanded compliment. <laughs> That's not fair. Don't worry. Um, but 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 yes. Sorry. So um. So uh, Clooney was shooting uh, Monument Monuments Man. Men at the same time, and we were all staying in the same hotel. And literally everywhere he went, like Bill Murray would just be like following him around. It was hilarious. It was just like Bill Murray would just be like kind of tagging along. And then you would just see Bill Murray like, you know, we'd come up and be like, hey, Bill. And you'd be like kind of wandering around the hotel. Like <laughs> He's like a ghost. You're like literally like this dude is literally a character from a Wes Anderson movie.
3: Yeah. I want to hang out with Bill Murray so bad. I feel like we gotta get the phone number. Somebody's gotta know. I feel like he'd like me, and we would secretly talk in secret about how much we both were like. We don't like Greg. (laughs) My turn against you. (laughs)
0: if you didn't know this has been the game over Greggy show each and every week four sometimes five best friends gather on this table each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement if you like that head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where a couple of bucks can get you the show early how early nick you're watching it right now on patreon.com thank you so Damn. much everybody over there dollar subscribers it's great you can get it obviously early as a video and mp3 as well but if you have no bucks to toss our way no big deal head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny where we put the show up topic by topic day by day until it goes up as one big video and mp3 the following friday addy you've been amazing i'm a bit, we're friends now I'm a big fan. We're all hanging out. It's all happening. It's
1: yeah, time. dude. I'm a, guys. This was just such a great time because I just got to like talk to you guys. You know, it's what I fun, mean? right? There wasn't like uh, there wasn't the. So what was Brad like? You're like you're like the fuck? What the fuck kind of question is that? You <laughs> know, like, I can't I can't distill like you know when you get that we were talking about this outside. Yeah. Like I always freeze up the moment I get the question with the blank mm-hmm. look. Sure. And I'm like, no one's there uh, to help you. Uh, uh, I, I I don't and then I'll you know, it's it's just it's just great to be able to talk and have a conversation about about ideas
0: You're welcome here anytime. And, and, and anytime. you guys you it's guys just do.
1: like what I love about your channel and and the content you guys make is it's there's there's thought behind it You guys are intellectualizing the culture. You're not just adding to the noise You're adding a perspective and a point of view to it and I think going forward as the nerd culture, the nerd ecosystem engulfs everything else and becomes the prominent ecosystem, right? Mm, These characters mm. go from being like these, oh, cool little cartoons for kids to like, no, 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 these these are like brands that can communicate to people. You guys play a very important role in that ecosystem in navigating that for the consumers of that.
0: Thank you. Well said. Yeah. Don't leave. Just stay here. You make me feel Stay here forever. You work out of our office from now on. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been our pleasure to serve you.